All houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors, the harmless phantoms on their errands glide, with feet that make no sound upon the floors. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Sitting on a picturesque hillside in Paintsville, Kentucky, was a house that many would find charming with its wide wooden porch, complete with those dreamy white columns you envision when someone mentions a southern homestead. The orchards creeping up the hillside bring with it the scent of sugary blossoms in the spring and cozy, delicious smell of apples and pears in the fall. While it's no mansion, the house appears regal in its station at the top of the hill and looking down into the valley of homes that continued on up the holler. For many, it is the American dream to own a home like this one, with lands for little ones to explore and grow on. The barn tucked neatly into the side of the hill is perfect for livestock and storing the bounty that the mountains have to offer. Yes, for many, this house would have been a dream, a haven to hold and protect a family. But for me, the house holds no warmth or comfort. It is a place full of whispers and secrets, where howling vestiges lurk in the corner of every room. This house, with its sweeping beauty, does not invoke feelings of comfort or warmth in my heart. Instead, it causes my pulse to quicken and nightmares of days gone by dance in my dreams and remind me that our world is filled with things that cannot be explained. Welcome to Season 2 of This House is Haunted Podcast. If you're new around here, welcome to my nightmare. In the days to come, I'll be sharing my story of spending two and a half years living in a haunted house in southeast Kentucky with I was just a young girl. Due to the spooky nature of this podcast, listener discretion is advised as I take you into a world filled with things that go bump in the night. I woke to the sound of scratching coming from somewhere in the room. I was awake, but my eyes were not open. Try as I might, I could not will them to look into what I was sure was the dark room surrounding me. Panic flooded my body and I tried to sit up, but found that I couldn't move either. It was as if my body was being held into the bed. My heart was racing in my chest, causing my breath to come in great gulps. My mouth was open, but I could not speak. I could feel hot tears welling in the corner of my eyes and spilling down my cheeks. Why couldn't I move? All I could think about was moving my body. This had to be a dream. I must be asleep. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, I thought to myself, hoping that repeating this mantra would trigger something in my sleeping mind. This went on for several seconds before I heard the scratching again. It seemed closer now as if long claws were being raked across the wall on the other side of the room. If my body had not already been frozen in place, I would certainly be still now, focusing all my energy on identifying where the sound was coming from in the room. Tears continued to roll hot and thick down my cheeks, pulling on the pillow beneath my head. 
Why couldn't I move? Was I sick? Was something wrong with me? The sound stopped abruptly and drew my thoughts away from the terror of being trapped inside of my own body. What was in the room with me? Could it be... No, I wouldn't let myself imagine it was back. I hadn't seen it in months since my sister had... No, this this had to be a dream. Things had been so normal. Winter was passing, and with it came longer days, more sunshine and less fear. With time and distance from the push, I had been able to live a semi-normal life in the house. My sister and I had even moved back into our room a couple of weeks ago, time having given me the courage to sleep so near the playroom. There had been moments where I thought I saw shadows moving from the corner of my eye, but what house that was nearly 100 years old didn't have shadows? My family wasn't talking about sending me to a doctor anymore. I'd made a few friends at school and we were already planning out our garden for the spring and there it was again. A scratching sound, except now whispers were echoing through the room. It felt colder and my body shivered even though I could not will my hand to lift or my head to turn. Open your eyes, I screamed internally. Open your eyes and get out of this bed. Where was Molly? Maybe she could help me if I could if I could just get her attention and get her she could, could get some help for me. I listened for her silent snores across the room, but the faint whispers that were drawing ever so slightly closer were the only thing I could hear. If she was in the room, I couldn't hear her, and without being able to open my eyes, I couldn't see her either. If only I could open my mouth and make a sound. Any sound to wake her up, to get her attention. Panic was making a bottled butterfly out of my heart, which seemed to be beating all the faster with the rest of my body, unable to move or react to what was happening around me. The whispering stopped near the foot of my bed, and I held my breath, waiting for the scratching to resume, but it did not. My focus shifted back to trying to move my body, and I centered my will around trying to open my mouth. If I could scream, if I could get Mama and Daddy in here and they could get me to the hospital for some help, try as I might, my jaw would not budge. In the midst of my focus, I did not immediately notice that the blanket currently covering my body was slowly being pulled down to the foot of the bed. It wasn't until it was passing over my chest and I felt the coldness of the room touch my shoulders that I realized what was happening and the horror I felt cannot be quantified into words. I couldn't run away. I couldn't scream. I couldn't see anything. I was trapped inside of my own body in a room filled with whispers and Something was pulling the covers off of me. I have felt fear many times living in that house. But this was the first time I could not do anything to help myself. No, I would not allow this to happen. This was my body 
And if this was a dream, it was my mind. I could stop this. I had to stop this. The cover was now sliding over my hips. And I thought about opening my mouth, of using the muscles in my jaw, pulling my teeth away from each other, and sound bursting from my lips. As I did so, I felt a weight on the end of the bed, as if something had leaned forward and placed a hand there. This was a dream. Open your mouth. You just need to move your jaw, open your mouth, and scream. The covers were now gliding past my knees, and the weight of the bed shifted until I could feel the indentation of the mattress near my shin as if my as if a hand was right next to me. I felt the tiniest twinge in my jaw as a muscle responded to my concentration. This tiny movement brought a surge of hope into my heart, and I used all the power of my mind and my body to create a space between my teeth. Once this happened, it was as if an invisible rubber band had broken and my voice came out in a shrill scream of absolute terror and frustration. My eyes responded next, and as they darted open, I looked down to the foot of the bed and screamed once more at what I saw. A shadow was at the foot of my bed, but this was no writhing mist, but the shape of a large human. No, not human, but human-shaped. I could see long claws on fingers that were gnarled and misshapen, like they had been broken and reset one too many times. Where a head should be, a large antler-shaped mass appeared with a mane that seemed to reach well past where waste should have been. In one of its ruined hands, it held the edge of my cover. Seeing that I was now moving, it abandoned its slow and intentional pulling to jerk it completely off the bed and toss it across the room. As I screamed, I could hear footsteps from my parents' room thunder through the hallway, and it crouched as if considering pouncing on me before turning and evaporating through the wall that adjoined our room to the playroom. My heart was beating so fast I began to feel lightheaded and I slumped against the bed. My parents, disheveled from sleep, bolted into the room, flipping the light on immediately. The bedroom was illuminated with the warm glow of incandescent lighting and my sister, who I had been unable to find earlier, was sitting upright, her amber-brown eyes wide with fear. She began crying immediately, no doubt confused about why her sissy was screaming in the middle of the night. I had pushed my body to be as close as possible to the tiny wooden headboard that supported my bed in an attempt to pull away from the thing in the shadows. I could taste copper in my mouth, and I realized I'd bitten my tongue at some point in my attempts to speak and then get away from whatever had been pulling down my covers. My dad was suddenly by my side and pulled me over to him, rocking me gently against his chest for a minute. I took several deep breaths and clung to him. Teeny, honey, you're okay. It was just a dream. 
Shh, shh, shh. It's okay. You're okay. I curled into the warmth of his chest and wrapped my arms tightly around his waist, as if clinging to him would keep me from floating away on the waves of terror that were pummeling my mind. Daddy pulled back and looked me over before saying, Vaughn, she's bleeding, with a note of alarm in his voice. Mama walked across the room with my sister firmly planted on her hip. Her arms wrapped around Mama's neck as she sobbed softly. Mama winced and asked me to open my mouth. I did so, happy that I could do it without resistance. Looks like you bit your tongue pretty good there, Tina. Can you move it up for me? I did so with only minimal pain. Now down? After I was able to do this without much pain, Mama said, Well, I don't reckon she'll need stitches, but we might want to get her some ice to hold in there to keep that swelling down. On it, Daddy said, attempting to stand, but I was still clinging pretty tight to him. One more minute, I said, squeezing him. He hugged me back and rocked me a little, and it did much to soothe my frayed nerves. When Daddy asked if he could stand now, I went to push myself back against the headboard once more and winced. Pain crept from my right ankle upward, causing me to gasp audibly. Daddy noticed and looked down at my feet. What in the... he said, turning to get a closer look at my leg. He touched my ankle gingerly and asked, How in the world did you do this, Teeny? Mom was also bending over my leg and her eyes widened with shock and confusion. Anxious to see what was upsetting everybody, I peered around my father to see a large, dark purple bruise that started at the top of my right foot and spread just above my ankle. Did you fall getting out of bed, Mama asked, sitting my sister down beside Daddy so she could gently lift my foot and examine the bruising. I haven't been out of bed. I couldn't stand up. It felt like something was holding me down. I tried to scream and couldn't. Here, Mama said, but you did scream, Tina. That's what woke me and your daddy up and why we came running in here like a scalded dog. Before that, I'd been trying to open my mouth for what felt like forever, but it wouldn't work. And then something started pulling my covers down and I saw this. Here, I stopped myself after seeing that look of concern on my parents' faces again. I hadn't seen this look since the night my sissy was pushed and we had ended up in the hospital. No, I couldn't tell them about the shadow. I had seen it, and I still had trouble believing it. They would just start talking about doctors again, and I didn't want to be poked and prodded when I knew good and well that this wasn't just my imagination or a dream. My mamaw had confirmed that for me a few months back. Mamaw, I needed to talk to her. Tell her that it was back. Looking at my parents, I shook myself and said, Must have been a bad dream. Mama continued looking directly into my eyes for a few more seconds before looking back to my ankle and saying, Well, it looks like you bumped it real good on something. There's even a few scratches. Maybe you were sleepwalking again? When Mama mentioned the scratches, I looked and could see four tiny blood marks in my skin. After a couple of seconds, I realized that the scratches were about a finger length apart, as if someone or something with a large clawed hand had been gripping my ankle. 
Flashes of the antlered shadow filled my mind and I felt impossibly small and vulnerable for all of about 10 seconds before I got incredibly angry. Things had been going just fine and now it decided to poke its ugly head back into my house. The temper, the Scotch-Irish side both of my family trees had, flared, shadowing the fear that had bloomed in the dark of my room. What kind of bully picks on sleeping kids, I thought. The bad kind, my mind whispered back. Mama's voice interrupted my thoughts. Hey, Earl, can you grab some ice for her tongue and her ankle while I get the girls settled back into our room? But, Mom, we talked about it. The girls need to sleep in their own room. My mom stopped him with one look. Her eyebrow elevated as if to say, Really? You want these two terrified girls sleeping in here tonight? And he sighed, shook his head, and walked towards the kitchen. It was much closer to morning than I'd thought, so Mom and Daddy decided to just get an early start on the day after tucking my sister and I into their bed. My ankle wrapped securely in an ace bandage with a Ziploc bag filled with ice sitting on top. My tongue throbbed, but the ice had helped keep the swelling down to a tolerable level. Molly was sleeping peacefully next to me, her tiny hand wrapped around my arm. As the first rays of sunlight filtered in through the windows, I allowed myself to close my eyes. Why did the thing in the shadows come back after being gone for so long? What did it want from me? What could I do? In spite of the fear that snaked through my heart, I felt the deep tired of those who had been truly terrified felt after the storm was over. I doubted this storm had passed, but for now I would sleep especially since I had Mama tuck the covers deep into the mattress. Greetings, creeps, and welcome back to the house. It is officially spooky season, and I thought it'd be the best time to resume my story about living in a haunted house in eastern Kentucky. This season, things will be a little different as I'm going to have some episodes talking about various haunts and haints in the Appalachian area. Eastern Kentucky, where the house is located, is in the heart of those hills and privy to some powerful energies of all kinds. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow me and write a review on whatever streaming service you're using to bring this to your ears or your nightmares. Also, Follow This House is Haunted podcast on Facebook and Instagram for updates, some good memes, and Southern folklore and information. This season, I'll also be adding a Patreon and Discord server. Please remember, this is a one-woman show, and I'm growing with each episode. Until we meet on the next episode, keep it creepy, and don't go chasing any voices you hear in the night. <laughs>